All right, we're back with another episode of the 132 Breeze Podcast. As always, this is Marlo, joined by Casey. And Casey, how are we doing tonight? Marlo, doing pretty good. Excited to be back on back on the pod after uh, a week off to, uh, you know, let's, let's be honest. There wasn't sports to talk about. We have sports to talk about. I'm excited to have sports to talk about uh, and talk about even more sports coming. So good to be back, Marlo. Excited to be here and talking about live sports and uh, things to come. And in the sports world, it's generally good things as far as actual events happening and entertainment to be provided to us. How are you? Yeah, right. Yeah, sports are back. We're back. Uh, we're back, hopefully, and talking sports and hopefully doing that for a while. It's been, I don't I, well, I mean, we're good into it, but it's just, yeah, I would say interesting. Uh, different and interesting, but it is good to uh, you know have watch players on the field and and be fans. Yeah, good to just uh, yeah to let's be honest, feel the frustration. <laughs> we'll <'Cause it> <laughs> talk about why it's a little bit frustrating, but uh, it was the it was opening night. Uh, I don't want to spoil a little bit the baseball talk, Marlo, but it was opening night of baseball if you want to call it that it was the yankees versus the nationals and gene carlos stanton hit the home run and i'm going to do a little bit of a verbal meme i sent out the emperor saying let the hate flow through you because the sports the sports hate was back marlo and it felt good it felt terrible but it felt good (laughs) this is so bad but it feels so good yeah it's like i'm glad this is happening and i also hate that it's happening (laughs) (laughs) So that that's back. Uh, but we, I guess part of the reason we didn't do a show last week is we were preparing for a different show, Marlo, uh, that we participated in. Uh, do you want to let the people who might have missed that know what uh, what they miss and how they can find that? Me and Casey went on a uh, live podcast. Live. We got to do more of these live things, Dean Casey. They're pretty fun. Um, but the podcast, <laughs> what the game means to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so essentially we were representing Casey, always throwing it down for the Packers, was throwing it down for the Bears. We joined by two other gentlemen, one from Detroit and one uh, from Minneapolis or from Minnesota. Yeah, um, and just talking NC, uh, NFC North football and uh, and going back and forth. A lot of fun, uh, a lot of fun. I know Casey had a lot of fun uh, doing it, and I think I think both of us were taken surprised about uh, our boy over there talking about the the Lions. Yeah. Uh, if 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 anything, you guys you need to listen to it just for those those points. Yeah, Kenton was uh, representing the Lions, and he got on the call a little behind the scenes here. He got on the call. Uh, this was before you got on, Marlo, and he was like, "Look, I know the Lions are going to suck, <laughs> but I gotta I gotta <laughs> sell them on this show," which I'm not entirely sure was what he was supposed to do. But that's the route in which he took, and I think everybody on the show was a little bit more bullish on their team than they probably should have been. Um, mm-hmm. But I, it was a smack talk show, or that's what we were going for, so I guess you have to be bullish to, to do such a thing. Uh, but then we got in the show, and he was just so over the moon about this Lions team. Uh, I was just, if, if you see me on it and, and watch the video, I'm just laughing the whole time he's talking, because I know he doesn't believe anything what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> It's absolutely hilarious. He did such he did such a a, a funny job, uh, a really good job of of just selling you know Matthew Stafford and the Matt Patricia project as it as it is. It was it was absolutely hilarious. So go check that out. It was a lot of fun, and 
Live shows are fun. Also very nerve wracking. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> should we do more? Probably. Uh, but uh, we'll we'll see. It was it was fun, but also very nerve wracking. But that was very interesting. Yeah. I guess to to get the other viewpoints because obviously we're seeing it through the Packers Bears viewpoint, and this added the two other elements of the NFC North. Yeah. Yeah, so it was a good time. You guys to check it out on uh, What the Game Means to Me Facebook page, uh, 132 Breeze Facebook page. We reposted uh, reposted that so you could find it there. Uh, it's, yeah. a, it's a pretty good listen as you guys to check it out. Yeah. Uh, other than that, Marlo, uh, one of us started a, a CrossFit gym. Uh, it was not me. How is that going for you? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, things are going well. People are working out. People are and getting stuff done at this. Um, let's see. Report this week. A lot of people were sore, yeah, uh, which is a good thing. And and they're whining. And yeah, I I couldn't ask for. I probably couldn't ask for anything better. We had our first over the weekend. We did a uh, community day. Like bring a friend. Anyone can come out. Uh, did a big workout in the parking lot. Um, had a bunch of, you know, upwards to you know, a little over twenty people okay. show out. Um, yeah, we had a lot of fun and we sweat and it was good. So yeah, the gym's doing well. I couldn't, I couldn't ask for anything more right now. Was it crazy hot on Saturday morning or not yet? It was not yet. Cause we, okay. we, had, we had a, we got, it restarted at nine or done by like 10, 15. So okay. it wasn't crazy. It wasn't, it wasn't too bad. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just thinking, working out in a parking lot and just thinking how warm <laughs> today was and you know, the second <laughs> half of yesterday, it's pretty warm. Yeah. Pretty brutal. Not a, not, not a great way to, I think, win people over as they're, you know, Passing out from heat exhaustion on asphalt, so oh, it's yeah, good that no. good that you got in early. I'm surprised that you waited until nine o'clock because in my mind, CrossFit happens at five in the morning. That's the only time you can do right. it. So, well, we had so, the, we had the other classes before at seven and ah, eight, so we uh, had to, okay. I didn't want to cancel those. Sure, in lieu of this. So, yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> Things happen in the morning. You're not. You're not wrong. <laughs> oh boy, uh, yeah. Well, they come to that one, and they're like, I, I could see myself doing this at 9 o'clock. And you're like, actually, class is at 5. Like, Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> this was fun, but uh, 5 is pretty early. All right. Well, it's good to hear that things are, are going well for the gym. I just wanted to check in on that and see how oh, yeah. see how that was going and you know, hear you that your, other people are working out. Yet? No, there's swag to be bought. <laughs> there is swag to be bought at the online store. I'll send it to you. Yeah, send the link. Uh, I'd be glad to to support that. Then it, and then I can wear clothes in which it looks like <laughs> exactly. I work out. That's that will be that'll be nice. But oh, you belong to a CrossFit gym? Yeah, <laughs> totally. I totally do that. Actually, oh, that's risky, Marla, because then people are going to talk to me about CrossFit. <laughs> yeah, they will approach me and want to talk about CrossFit. It might be a wear around the house type thing. It might yeah, be a wear right. around the house type thing. So all right, we'll look into that. All right, let's get into the show <laughs> proper, Marlo. Uh, let's start off with some Badger news. Um, I don't know how much news this is uh, per se, but uh, Barry Alvarez, our boy, uh, came out and said, I guess the headline was that $100 million is at risk for the athletics department if football does not happen. I initially didn't want to read this, Marla, because I wanted, yep. you know, I was covering my ears, closing my eyes, and when I saw that this was about if football doesn't happen i didn't want to have anything to hear or read about that but uh i braved up and ended up reading it um it sounds like if there's no i don't understand exactly how this math works but whatever i guess it's a lot of fixed costs right but a uh, hundred yep. million dollars if the season doesn't happen at all and they're looking at between losing 70 
uh, excuse me, sixty and seventy million if they play conference only, which it looks like they're going to do. So either way, yep. a huge hit to the athletic department. Um, I guess what do we? Are we more worried now there won't be football, or this was just Barry Alvarez coming out and saying, "Look, this is how much money is at stake." Yeah, I think it's a mix. I think it's a mixture of both because throughout this this whole thing, Barry he keeps kind of taking steps back or kind of leading you down that path, right? And you know when it mm-hmm. first came out, I was like, "It's, it's going to be all right. We're going to get through this." Like back in you know April, right? We're going to get through this. We're going to have to reevaluate some things, but we're going to have football. And then, like, the next couple months later, it's like, we're going to have football. It's going to be different. we got to figure things out. How are we going to have a game day experience? And then now we come to this where it's like, it might not happen, and we're going to lose a lot of money. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, like, as things evolve, things change. It is kind of, it is getting kind of scary because that way I think football to this point, I mean, not only does it need to happen for fans, but to, like, this monetary uh cash that it brings in for the whole the athletic department as a whole for schools like Wisconsin and Ohio yeah. State and the largest schools of the world um, and it puts not only football at risk but other athletics at risk um, as noted in the article you sent over about that from the ESPN article you know other schools have done things like cut programs I know Stanford cut a ton yeah. of, of other programs <laughs> and just bracing for this so yeah it's scary um, I I mean, obviously, it's going to be some loss of money. I hope this season happens for multiple reasons, but it's yeah, it's getting, we're getting down to a go no go time. Um, so I'm hoping this isn't just trying to brace us for that. Yeah, I I, I kind of see it both ways. I, it, as you kind of outlined, like I think this is kind of like a a warning, but also kind of shows me like, look, if Wisconsin's going to lose a hundred million dollars there's 50 other schools who are also going to lose, you know, miss out on a hundred million dollars. And that, this isn't the, that's not a good reason to have football if it's not safe conditions, but that's a pretty strong motivator to, to play some competition. And I think that that motivation, the financial motivation is enough to, and it's, I, I don't mean it necessarily from a greedy standpoint. That's not necessarily where I'm coming from, but like, right. a, hey, we have to fund a whole athletic department with this money. Like, so it says in the article that about, I think it was 58, 60% of the revenue for uh, the athletic program is through football. And I'm sure that Wisconsin is probably, I mean, if you think about like Alabama, I'm sure it's. Yeah much more you know sec schools it's going to be much more you know maybe if you go out west it's a little bit less percentage but like it's not necessarily about making the schools money uh as it is about like preserving actually having such robust athletic departments as they are and i know that there's a whole argument about you know paying the players and that sort of thing and look these schools have all this money anyway but i think that when you start going down that road you get lost in the fact that like look they are, they're not strapped for cash, but they have expenses, right? Committed, they're committed yeah. to expenses and they're not cutting football. They're not firing football coaches. They're cutting these other things that benefit in our round because athletic departments have football programs and basketball programs that make lots of money. So um, I think as a warning salvo um, that like, look, we need to figure this out because this is the kind of money we're talking about. And 
that worries me, but I think the amount of money makes me f- also feel like they're not going to lose this. Like they, right. they'll, they they'll f- try and find a way to make it happen. So, um, too big to fail. It is interesting that Barry Alvarez in Wisconsin is the one coming out and saying this or talking Agreed. about it. It feels like Barry Alvarez in Wisconsin have been a lot more open about a lot of this stuff. Maybe it's just because I'm in Wisconsin and this is, but I mean, this was on ESPN. I haven't seen ESPN articles about, you know, any other kind of state school. I think Michigan had one when they were not even going to play football, when they canceled it back in like March Uh, and then immediately uncanceled it. Uh, I think there was an an article (laughs) about that, but there hasn't been too much else out there. Um, So we'll keep our fingers crossed, right? But yeah, and, and hope that this is just a warning and not a sign of things to come. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, I think that's well put. I, and to your point, yeah, it just seems kind of like you had said, and I've been doing is like we just kind of been putting our ears, our hands over our eyes and over our ears, being like, la yeah. la la, this is going to happen. Like they were announcing like game days, like yeah, we're still going to travel and be at places. Like it's like the season's going to happen, and but no one's talking about how is that actually going to work, so, right? Or at least out, at least out loud, or you know. Right. Yeah, hopefully they're they're having meetings behind it, but nobody's explained. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Explain to us yeah. how, how it will. Uh all right. Well, other kind of badger ish related news, uh, because we've been in this game a fair amount of times uh since it's been since its inception. Uh Green Bay Packers Lambeau Field plans to apply to host the Big Ten Championship, uh running I, I guess the contract they're proposing, the proposal they're making will start in twenty uh twenty three and run through twenty thirty. Uh, and this would um, obviously move the championship from Indianapolis, where it's been since the inception, which is however many years ago. I didn't look it up. A couple years ago, um, to uh, to the new venue, uh, and it would be there for for seven years, and then I guess open to move um, from there. So, Marla, I guess as a Wisconsin fan, as a Bears fan, uh, what are your thoughts about it moving to Lambeau Field? Move it to the Lambeau Field. I mean, I think it. I, I'm not sure about Lambeau, but I think it, there's a a change of scenery would be nice. Indianapolis has been a great host. It, it's uh it's a great event town, uh, but you know, like it'd be nice to have it somewhere else. I think Lambeau obviously would be a good. It would make it an event. I'm not sure how like people would think of it as they're thinking of it right now, but when it comes up in December. And mm-hmm. you're like, let's go to the Big Ten Championship game. I mean, if you're in it, you probably want to go either way. But at the same time, it's, you know, that's a pretty, pretty un- unpredictable time. Um, yeah. But the Laura of the Laura of Lambeau Field and obviously their um, their actual field, though, like obviously they, they keep it very, very well, even in those conditions mm-hmm. um, would, would make it interesting. But it would make it an event. I think. I mean, I would go. It'd be fun. Obviously, we went up to. The last time Wisconsin played LSU in at Lambeau, that was mm-hmm. awesome. Um, I couldn't imagine like a championship atmosphere. It'd be interesting to see how much Ohio State fans can complain about it and um, <laughs> <laughs> and going forward. But I was like when when we when the Big Ten first you know was doing their championship game, they made it seem or it was circulated that it would be like a traveling. Uh, mm-hmm. 
venue that you know Indianapolis we get it and maybe Lambeau maybe Chicago or Detroit Minneapolis like kind of travel around and obviously that hasn't happened so it'd be nice to see just a change of scenery and see how it worked yeah I, I agree with the change of scenery I, in my mind like I, it's so almost institutionalized in Indianapolis now it, it just because yeah. it's been there and I, I obviously don't know any difference so it's it does feel weird to change it. I would love to see a championship game at Lambeau. I don't know if I would want to see seven in a row, or is it eight, 23, whatever, seven or eight in a row at Lambeau yeah. Field. That seems like a bit much. Um, when I initially thought of this, I thought, you know, is that fair that it's in Wisconsin and uh, as opposed to Indian, Indiana? And I was like, oh, there's two Big Ten teams in, <laughs> in Indiana, none of which have even got close but it was it that like i completely blanked on that uh they have that quote-unquote advantage if they were were to make it there but i don't yeah. know how real that is i do agree that ohio state would really really complain um about it yeah and we're not going to cleveland don't move this thing to cleveland ever <laughs> we're, not, we're not going to cleveland <laughs> um but but then we, we you mentioned when we were talking about before the show they would be in minneapolis and i was like well that's I mean, yeah, it would work because they have, you know, this beautiful new stadium, but there's a college town or a college team there. Like the University of Minnesota is there. And then, you know, it's not like they're going to make it to the Big Ten Championship. Let's be honest. <laughs> uh, so, again, that, that point might, really hard might be moot. Season. Yeah, that point might be moot anyway. Um, I don't it, – it also, as you mentioned, you alluded to it being unpredictable, the weather being unpredictable. Would it be fun to have an outdoor game? In the middle of December, right? Yeah. Every every year, it seems better to be indoor. It seems better to have it on the artificial surface in Indianapolis or Detroit or Minneapolis, even though I just kind of complained about about that. Again, I like the idea. I think it would be fun to do a time or two, but I don't. Yeah. I don't even as a Packer and Badger fan. Uh, I I don't think I want to see it. Uh, every year up in Lambo. Although it'd be not that I would probably go anyway, but just from a, yeah. just from uh I guess fans a, a fan standpoint, I think it'd be more fun to kind of go to India or go to these places. I don't know. Again Yeah. Yeah, no, it'd be cool if they just did the one like they did the Super Bowl in New York just to say, hey, yeah, we tried it. It was cool. We did it. Yeah. Um, or if it was like or if it was like Indy Lambo, Indy Soldier Field, Indy sure. Detroit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, like Indy, Indy, uh, East Rutherford, New Jersey. Right? Is that where <laughs> is that where the Giants had just played? Because oh. you got to get that New York market model. That's uh, very yeah, important exactly. for the Big Ten. Gotta, All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Other other uh, Badger stuff and uh, recruiting news. Uh, the Badgers secured a commitment from 2024 star safety uh, Braylon Allen. Uh, this is relatively big news. I mean, number one, a four-star. That's a, for Wisconsin. Um, a big deal, right? Uh, he had offers from, uh, or he has, was at least considering, slash had offers from other prominent schools, Florida State, Ohio State, Michigan State. I think Iowa was in there, although he didn't have Iowa in his top, whatever, six or whatever he had. Uh, but he's at in-state safety with a lot of talent that's staying in state. So, you know, that's one of right. those things we talk about build the program. You want to keep your in-state talent in-state, and we are doing that with Allen. 
Right. Putting a wall up around the border, keeping them uh, at home. Yeah, and pretty much a four-star. Four-star Wisconsin, you might as well be six-star. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, the good get, good get for... Uh, Good, good for Paul, Chris, and the boys. And yeah, I, I've been seeing a lot. I mean, I haven't, we haven't talked about it, but I've been seeing a lot of these kind of trickling of, of the commits. And I don't know if that's just because there's more to write or less to write about, so the the commits are more prominent. Um, but it seems like they have, we have a good class, a good class in the next couple of years. That's some key positions there. Yeah, I definitely feel like it's gone from like us getting two to three star recruits to three and four star recruits. I feel it yes. just, I don't, I, I guess I, I would have to go back and look at it. I know that our recruiting rankings are very strong, uh, but just kind of my general feeling as I peruse these articles and I, to be honest, I can't, I just can't dive too much into it. It's too, until somebody commits to Wisconsin, like I don't really want to spend a lot of time learning about, you know, such and such linebacker who's a three star and like he has Wisconsin in his top five, and then he goes to Penn State. It's just I can't get emotionally invested in this thing. I think I would destroy myself if I <laughs> if I did. Uh, so I, I once they commit to Wisconsin, I, then then I'll figure out you know who you are, what you're about, and that sort of thing. Um, and it seems like what bubbles up, what gets to that level, has been more and more talent. Um, so that's I think really overall really encouraging. And this is I think the maybe the most uh, is the most recent but i think the best example of that um of, of that talent kind of coming coming through um wisconsin so that said talent coming through wisconsin we have some former badger basketball players marlo whose talent has taken them overseas uh this just popped up in my twitter feed today so i wanted to share them with you uh Brevin Pritzel, obviously former Badger sharpshooter, is uh, signed with KK Thomas. Thomas, I shouldn't have tried to pronounce these. Uh, (laughs) It is in Pensevo. I would pay. I would say Pensevo, Pensevo, Serbia. So he's on a Serbian uh, signed with a Serbian basketball team. So good luck to Brevin as he starts his professional basketball career in Serbia. And Sam Decker has continued his professional basketball play, basketball career, excuse me, in Turkey and uh, I'll try Spore Kalubu. <laughs> I would I would pronounce it as Kalubu. There's umlauts over the second use. Kulubu. So there we go. So good luck to Sam. They also signed uh, Tyler Ennis. Uh, Sam Decker's team did. Oh, um, nice. So good luck to, I mean, Thailand is sure. Good luck to you two, but Sam Decker <laughs> and Brevin Pertzel on their new teams, uh, just tracking some former Badgers over there across the pond. Um, so that will do it for Badger stuff, I think, Marlo. Let's move on to the main sport that is back. Baseball. Baseball. It's back. It's back. Open Marlo, day. what is it like? Or I guess talk me, what was opening day like for you? What is it like to have baseball back in Marlowe's world? Um, well, over day, I think it was a little, like, I was looking forward to it, looking forward to it, and then it just seemed kind of anticlimactic. Um, and I don't know, it was just because, like, I was excited for it, and then it was just, I had to adjust to how different it was. Um, 
and then realized that it wasn't really that much different, but I was making a big <laughs> deal of it than, than, I really, than I really needed to. Interesting. Um, yeah, without having the fans there and stuff. But, um, but yeah, no, it was good to like see scores flying through, updates on my phone of actual like sports and not just random COVID sports news. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, going on, so yeah, all that part, and it's also like they were able to get it started. Hopefully, they can finish it, but the, it just makes it feel good. It makes it feel like, all right, if you know this league can do it, we can learn from it, and other leagues can you know get going and get the seasons going as we are return as we try to return back to normal. Yeah, no, I'm I'm totally with you on the getting used to it without fans. So I feel like I'm a little bit more. I guess predisposed to it because I've been watching soccer that hasn't had fans mm-hmm. for a, a couple of weeks now. So, but the difference is with soccer, you're watching like kind of the play in the field and you're kind of zoomed out, but like you see the whole field and you don't really see the fans too much. But whereas in baseball, like before every pitch you're seeing, you see the stands a whole, yep. I, I guess long story short, you see the stands a whole lot more. Uh, and it was really jarring um, in it was the Yankee, the Yankees Nationals game, so the first game um, that that was back, and they just were empty, and you just saw, you know, pro, you know, Delta getting their money's worth of of, of advertisement because there's nobody in the seats. Uh, but then when you saw kind of the cutouts and things that made it a little bit more fun, it felt a little bit more like not that there were people there, but it wasn't empty, right? There was something in, that was uh, involved with the game. Somehow fans were involved with the game, even though they were there in person, and that felt a little bit better. I know a couple of the broadcasts have piped in some crowd noise. Uh, yes. I think during the the Brewers played the Cubs on Fox on Saturday and they like cut to some fake crowds, like some previous crowd recordings <laughs> when things went well. And that was really weird. Um, I didn't, I did not enjoy that because it was just, it was just too, like you just knew it was fake and it, it that made it really, Again, and they were Cubs fans, so maybe that's why I'm saying it is they showed the Cubs cheering when the Brewers, you know, did something bad or the Cubs did something good. So maybe I was biased by that, but it just it just seemed like I knew it was fake as I was watching it and it wasn't like a supplement. Like the crowd noise is kind of in the background. So like yeah. you can allow yourself to think like to just listen to the crowd noise as if you were listening to a baseball game or watching a baseball game. Uh, but to see people when you know people aren't there was was really really weird, and I hope they don't continue to do that. Or maybe I'll get used to it. Who knows? But yeah, uh, yeah. It, it it was really weird. And I I do a hundred percent agree with like the fact that you could scroll through scores and just see updates and like looking at your phone and going, okay, what time does this game start today? What time does baseball start today? And it was just like. Uh, we talked about, uh, I think, when sports went away, about how like so much of our life is kind of like planning around or thinking about how we'll interact with sports through the day, right? It's like, okay, so tonight baseball starts, you know, the White Sox played this time, or the Brewers played this time, or, you know, uh, the national game is on at seven tonight, something like that. So this is kind of a background of your day, and you're thinking about this throughout the day, and we have that back. Yeah, We have that where we're like, okay, I know my team plays this time, and I know that the Yankees play the Nationals at this time. And like you can like have that in the back of your head throughout the day. Uh, it's just it felt nice to have that that aspect back. Um, yeah. How do you really feel about the the cutouts? I thought they're um, at first. I was like, okay, and then I don't know. I, I, it kind of creeped me out to be honest with you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like the little cut, like the cutout people. I understand the 
I mean, they probably made money off of it, but like trying to keep keep fans engaged, or they're like season ticket holders, anyways, engaged, um, was probably part of it. But for me, like I, when I first sat down and watched it, it was like, I guess I didn't realize like how much of the emotion of the game, especially like opening day baseball, is like usually yeah. there's a big crowd usually like. And they're hanging on every pitch and like every strikeout and you know a home run. You, you start to hear the the roar of the crowd as the ball starts to sail. Um, like those little things, I didn't realize like how much that I would miss. And then I guess halfway through, I realized like that's yeah, really not that big a deal. It's still, just watching baseball. <laughs> yeah, it's still. <laughs> I think it's because baseball is so long, and the season will be so long. Well, and we'll talk about how long it will be uh in a little bit because i have a comment on that later but uh i i think i like the cutouts i just think it adds a little bit of a a flavor to the stands a little bit of um fan involvement that is very um minor like it doesn't obviously affect the game but i just like seeing it i don't i don't know why i i think i see it again i've been watching soccer in a couple uh couple clubs have done that so it's it's something i'm used to already uh i think so it it, it didn't bother me and I, li- I like it better than just emptiness especially when especially when you go uh you know you know and you're viewing like the from behind the pitcher you know from center field that view and if it's just empty it just looks weird and even with cutouts i just it, it is more aesthetically pleasing to me i don't i don't know it just it just makes it look less empty and the emptiness is what the vast emptiness of a you know 50,000 seat stadium is what is uh, is at times depressing as you're watching so as as little as i can think about that i think is 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 better so uh let's talk about how our teams did marlo and they actually had remarkably mirroring experiences in their first three games so the white Sox started out against the twins how did it go? Uh, some good, some bad. You know, um, went out to one and two in the three game series against the Twins. Um, the biggest common thread: there were double digit runs in all three games. Unfortunately, yeah. two of them were <laughs> were from the Twins side. Um, so there was some bad. I guess I guess all around was some bad. You could just say it was. I guess. Maybe pitching hasn't caught up to hitting, or hitting hitting is ahead of the pitching. Um, and said, but that that being said, you know, it's the, I, I think we talked about whenever we talked about the season coming, how you know usually you start this first series and it's like okay, well let's find just a couple of games, but with the shortened season, like actually these games, each game has more weight to it. All right, yeah. so do I start off in panic mode, or was I supposed to? Or am I not? Was I not supposed to have a chance at the beginning of it? I talked myself into like, oh, now anyone can have a chance because all I had to do is have a hot start, and you're yep. <laughs> and you're in it. And now three games in, I'm like, it's over. Yeah, that's something I've really struggled with uh, as how much weight to assign to each each game, uh, emotional weight. I mean, uh, so obviously, so each game is mathematically worth 2.7 normal games uh so the highs of a win are higher and the lows are lower and i don't know how to gauge how how much weight to put into it so when when the brewers lost the opening game to the cubs i was like season's over it's (laughs) it's done we we're already already back 
everybody in our division or well, everybody else who's good in our division one, uh, we're done. Then we won the second game and I was like, back in it. Let's go. Uh, and then they lost again today. And I don't know. I, it's, it's, I feel like it's going to be much more emotional roller coaster until I figure out kind of how much weight. Cause if the Brewers went one and two in Chicago on opening weekend, kind of like what you said, like I wouldn't think too much about it. It would be like crap. Like it would have been nice, but oh well, you know, it's a long season and we, you know, we went one and two in Chicago. That's fair. At least we didn't get it was swept. But now yeah. I'm like, uh, I'm like, yeah, sirens going off. Like, is the season over? Um, speaking of the season being over, I don't, granted, it's not over for either of our teams, but what are the expectations? What are your expectations for your White Sox this year? Because a lot of people, uh, the way I've been reading, have some let's just say at least compared to recent years, optimistic expectations of the White Sox. What are yours? Yeah, I, I had, well, again, like I said, I talked myself into that optimism mm-hmm. of, Hey, if we can get off, you know, we got some young talent that uh, some young talent that could show out this year, but is unproven. Right. Um, and so that's what we're, that's the, the optimism going off of. So, talk myself into age hey, if they start off hot then you know we could be self or you know let's have a little playoff fun but as uh you know kind of with that said i think i had yeah that's what i said i talked to myself into like maybe getting one of those last playoff spots and and having a fun ride with it um yeah that's where that's my hope we'll probably end okay. up in the 500 range or <laughs> just a little under and then go from there okay yeah I mean, 500 range, you might be sneaking in the playoffs now, especially since they expanded it to uh, to 16 teams. Yeah, just yeah. Threw in more teams, which this is... <laughs> okay, uh, debating how much I'm going to go into mini rant here. Uh, this is another instance in which I think the people who run baseball don't like baseball. Mm. Because <laughs> expanding the playoffs... The more in baseball, the more times you create smaller sample sizes of competition, the more variable your result will be, and you'll therefore be more likely to have upsets and more likely to have not the best team win. And the one thing that's good about baseball, and to a large extent basketball, is that you um usually end up with the best team winning. You're more likely to end up with the actual best team winning as opposed to uh, elimination, things like the NCAA tournament or NFL. I've done this rant before, so I should, I should limit it. Uh, and they're, <laughs> create, they're, creating, they're creating more variance. They're allowing more teams in uh, and creating more variance in their playoffs when there is already enough of if Team X can get hot, they can win it all, right? And yep. We accept that if you know a playoff team who was one of the four best teams in each league gets hot and wins it, that's acceptable. If the eighth best team gets hot and wins it, it doesn't feel like the best team won. Like if the Brewers got in as the eighth best team in the NL and won, I would obviously be ecstatic, but like everybody else would be like, they're not really the best team, they just got hot. So I don't understand why baseball is diluting their playoff pool to make it more likely that not the best team will win. It confuses me. And it's in my opinion, an example of why people running baseball, hate baseball. (laughs) 
All right, Mini ran over. On to the Brewers, Marlo. One, one and two against Cubs. We already talked about that. The biggest concern for the Brewers, okay, two concerns. Pitching, which we'll see what happens with that. Uh, we just ran into the uh, Kyle Hendricks world's most boring buzzsaw on opening day, uh, so that kind of sucked. Um, he bored everybody to death, and the no fans added to that. Um, the So we'll see about pitching in, in the other games. Uh, Brewers pitching has not been great. Uh, Knable struggled today. That was worrisome. Uh, Peralta, none of, the, none of our starter pitchers have gotten, I think, out of the fourth inning, which is a concern. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, maybe Woodruff might have gotten out of the fourth inning, regardless. Not a great start for the starting pitcher. The, but the biggest concern, I think, is Christian Yelich's struggles. Uh, he does have a home run, which is the one good thing you could say, but he had another 0 for today. So he has one hit on the season through three games, which, again, was a two-run home run in a game the Brewers did win. Uh, but he just seems like he's not locating the ball. Uh, it seems like... Uh, off-speed pitches are fooling him in a way that I've never seen them fool him before. Uh, I don't think it's a long-term thing. Like, I think he'll figure it out. He's just off because he missed a lot of baseball at the end of last season. Then pandemic things, his timing's off. But we don't have a lot of time for him to figure out. So if our Chris Jelich, the prob- probably the best player in baseball the last two years, not named Mike Trout, um, if he's not performing, I don't know how well the Brewers are going to do, and that's very concerning. So hopefully he can figure it out fast. Um, that's my concern about the Brewers, Marlo. I think we're in the same spot that we're trying not to pull our hair out <laughs> with a one and two star. Yep. Brewers have the Brewers have the Pirates next, who got obliterated in every game by the Cardinals. Um, so hopefully they will continue their poor start, and the Brewers can capitalize on that. Who the White Sox got next? Do you know? Cleveland. Cleveland. Well, we'll talk about Cleveland in a little bit when we talk about names. Let's move on to the NBA. Marlo, uh, you have been living in the bubble vicariously through a, uh, I guess, a, uh, un, I would say an unusual source, an unlikely source. There we go. An unlikely person, Marlo. Very Tell unlikely. Yeah, I got sucked into a YouTube bubble when I was after trying to get out of my son's rotation of of YouTube channels and stumbled across uh, JaVale <laughs> McGee's vlog of life inside the bubble, um, which I was, it was intriguing, not entertaining, if that makes sense, um, mm-hmm. just to see the what they had to, you know, just, literally these basketball players walking around Disneyland in this bubble, uh, doing their doing their their daily testing, getting their food out of uh, <laughs> pre-made food out of fridges. Um, and then, like, just playing basketball, and that, and that's, and it's just like that's their life right now. Um, also, surprised at how many, how many players are are vegan. That surprised me. Might go back. May go back to that. It, but um, you're inspired we, to go back to being a vegan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's top level athletes. Why not? Let's do it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but bubble life being the. The, the setup for their testing, it's like, it seems like it's another planet, like, or futuristic, I should say, um, where they have this, yeah, having to sign in and just like having, we're seeing like Disney, that part of Disney, I think it's the Disney Wild War of Sports, like 
you know, each team has their like area. So they mm-hmm. all they're all localized, right? So they all mm-hmm. have like the, this is all the Lakers stuff, this is the Clippers stuff, is whatever, you know, and just that being part of the <laughs> being part of Disney World, it's just. I don't know. I just can't believe they're pulling this off, and it just it's it's uh, it was very intriguing to watch. Yeah, it's very interesting to see how they're doing this and how the different teams. Like I read how Toronto is really like they decorated the elevators of the hotel, and yeah. they're like they've done all this stuff. And <laughs> the articles take away is like they're here to stay. They're going to have a deep <laughs> run because they're committed, and it's like. Yeah. Well, they're going to have to play basketball, and it doesn't matter how decorated the hotel is. Like, if they're not yeah. good enough at the game of basketball, they might go home early. It was just really funny that they were like, they're here to stay. Whereas, like, the Bucks are like, they haven't even unpacked their bags. They're still living out of their suitcases. Uh, <laughs> it didn't say that. I was just making a uh, yeah. contrast. Um, yeah, it, it, there's been a lot of, like, Article reporters being like life inside the bubble and giving yep. you know their their experience getting in there. Um, yeah, it's like you said, it's not entertaining, but it's interesting. I, I think that's yep. a good way a good way of putting it. And um, have you seen any of the actual basketball? I've to to be honest, I've only seen some highlights. So uh, I'm I'm hoping you have so that we can you can give us a, a take on it. Yeah, I mean, you, if you've seen the, um, if you saw a little bit of the highlights, so you've seen the court, it's, mm-hmm. um, I've watched it, and again, I had the, the kind of same ebb and flows of watching it that I did with the, with baseball, just adjusting to the no fans, you know, even more so now, because it is kind of cool, like, if you really want to just crank up your volume, and you can get what they're saying on the court, you know, like, you, you, there's a little bit of more inside of, of, if you're like, you know, if you're that sort of junkie of being called out for screens and, you know, uh, that communication on the court. Yeah. From from player to player, you can hear a lot more of that. Uh, oh, and the, shoe, and the shoe squeaks? Oh, man. Oh, the shoe squeaks. The shoe squeaks are there. Um, <laughs> but they still have the DJ. Shout out. Shout out DJ, a friend of the program, DJ Shana. She's in the bubble. DJ yeah. games. Um, so that's pretty cool. But, yeah, I think visually they have it set up. Um, where it's nice, I almost feel like I'm watching the like an international game when they do those things. Like, it kind of I don't know why it just kind of has that feel to it. Yeah. Um, but you know, besides that's basketball. The, I, I'm curious to see how the bench with the bench spread out, socially distanced. If like when we get into it, if we're gonna have some different type of you know bench celebrations, <laughs> mm. if we're gonna be creative with that. Um, but yeah, and then at the end of the day, it's like it's watching, you know. And obviously, these have been like preseason practice games or whatever you want to call them. Um, and I think it'll get more obviously more competitive once we get the playoffs, more so than these these first couple regular season games. So I'm, I'll be interested to see what that looks and feels like when when players get really competitive and it gets down to. Because I kind of right now, I feel like I'm just watching a game at the Y. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I kind of got that. Again, through through highlights, but it, it doesn't yeah. seem like they're really going at it. And it, I, I agree, it will be interesting to see when it when it comes down to it. So we'll, let's talk about when it comes down to it, Marlo. We uh, looking at the odds. So we pulled up the odds here, Marlo, um, and uh, we got the Lakers favored two to one, Bucks at plus two eighty, Clippers three to one, Celtics 
thirteen to one, Rockets thirteen to one. Um, with all the changes, with all the weirdness of the bubble, the delay obviously in the season, uh, and and how basketball may or may not, I guess we'll see, be different. It feels like these are exactly where they were when we left. Do you think mm-hmm. there's any reason to think that it won't be? Um, one of the uh, one of the I guess the favorite three teams to win it, uh, or do you think there's an outside or a reason why we should consider some outside uh, teams to win uh, as opposed to the the Bucks, Lakers, or Clippers? Yeah, no, I think I, I honestly I don't I don't really I don't don't have a, a hot take because I, I can't even talk myself into making a take for another team, um, <laughs> but I think these are the three. They're the three best teams they got assembled with, you know, the top players. Mm-hmm. Would you say the top four players in the NBA? Or probably, probably, four of the top yeah. ten, probably. You would, I would, you know, uh, probably four, yeah. Four of the top Maybe ten. Maybe even, I think you could make an argument top. They have the top four players. Yeah. Um, in, the, yeah in the NBA. So, you know, that makes sense. If for some reason I'll talk myself into a possible Houston Rockets run. Um, mm-hmm. To, to make a championship, I, I guess I wouldn't be surprised to have it. I don't think it would, but I'd, if it does, I wouldn't be that surprised. But besides that, if I if I am throwing out my hard earned hard earned cash, Casey, yeah, I put it on those top three teams. Yeah, I think I think you're right, and I think that just sh- sh- again this shows how in the NBA the best teams usually end up winning because even in different a delay in the season in different environments. We're still talking about the these top three teams. The best players usually end up winning. I like your pick of the Rockets as a dark horse out of the West because the only way in which I see – I could see them getting hot from three and not yeah. having to play in hostile environments and that helping them uh, to be able to get hot from three. Um, I could see them – knocking out one of the two uh, Los Angeles teams and then maybe something else weird happens to the other Los Angeles team or something like that. Uh, so I, I like th- I like that pick. Um, I feel, as a Bucks fan, it's just weird to sit here and be like, wow, we are hugely favored <laughs> to go to the finals. Uh, but as I looked on the list uh, of the other teams in the East, it's Boston, Toronto, and then Philadelphia. I don't know what to make of this Philadelphia team. That said, they could put it all together, right? And they could finally figure it out after all these years. That could happen. The Raptors, they decorated really well, so we don't, you know, <laughs> maybe maybe that has a chance, but I just don't think Toronto has the talent. And Boston is the one, I think, that you could look at and go, maybe they can get, maybe, you know, uh, their young core can take an early next step, um, but I could I could see that in that they get past the Bucks, but mm-hmm. I don't see I don't see how um, the 76ers, Raptors, or Celtics could beat the Bucks and then one of the Lake the uh, Los Angeles teams. So for that reason, I would stick with the Bucks in the East again. It's obviously odds prohibited to do such a thing. But I just can't see those teams beating the Bucks and then one of the the Los Angeles teams. That just seems like a big ask for any of them. But it would be, I mean, I don't want to say fun to see uh, because that means they beat the Bucks. But uh, that means the, the Los Angeles teams wouldn't win. <laughs> so you know, horse, horse, horse piece. All right, 
Uh, Marlo, uh, last question for you on NBA. How yep. interested, and you're going to be a proxy for all casual, non, I guess, top eight teams here, uh, fans, how interested are you in this restart, in this bubble, in this uh, close to the season? Well, yeah, I think from a general fan standpoint, I'm – interested in the execution and then I'm but I'm not as far as the basketball goes I think it's more or less all right when is, when is the playoff start right mm-hmm. when is that playoff basketball starts we march to the championship um is when I'll really like really be locked in um you know as far as not having a team in the race and but the overall like basketball fandom what's really keeping me locked in though is just just I can't have the Lakers win you just can't have LeBron win a championship yeah. You know, that that hate that, that hate part of it is uh that's what's gonna keep me mm. that's gonna keep me going throughout this restart. Yeah. A lot of the I mean, I guess it's LeBron James and he's the most famous player in the league, but a lot of this coverage has been about how this is his either last chance or his best chance or you know, how many chances he has left and it's you know I don't know. I, I don't know how many times I can read that article. About LeBron, uh, but I feel like it comes out like every other day. Um, <laughs> right. Last NBA Bye, thing, Marlo. This is also Marlo tangential. Yeah. Um, the Knicks, the New York Knicks, have hired a new head coach. Uh, they fired a head coach during the pandemic because they're just, you know, really a good, efficient organization. Uh, or not during the pandemic, they hired. When did they fire? Whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, and they have recently hired former Bulls coach Tom Thibodeau. Uh, Marlo, I, I assume this means you will, can, since you're such a Thibodeau lover, you will convert to <laughs> Nick fandom. <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I mean, I... I and, okay, so if you're picking up Thibodeau, you have, like, uh, it's a two-year window, right? <laughs> he he yeah. burns off, like, the first year is great. You know, like you usually usually has change right away. He puts in a defense that works, and he can put players in the right position. And then, but he just wears down on players so fast, both physically and mentally. And he's an old school coach. So, like, you put him in here, Knicks. You got two years. I'm sure you're gonna mess it up and try to drag it out to four or five. Um, and that's fine. Joakim Noam gave him a, gave the Knicks a rounding uh, <laughs> endorsement. For 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 Tibbs though, because that's his guy. But you know, I mean, they. I don't think. I obviously don't think the Knicks have the talent right now for it to make it different for to make that a big impact. Um, in that two years, so I think it's just going to be a lot of the same. Like he's going to come in, he's going to burn out. Especially the. I mean, they're all young. Um, those young guys, and then they're going to have to. They're going to be in the same position again, looking for a new coach. Yeah, I think that's the weirdest thing about that. Well, there's lots of weird things about this, but that the Knicks are a rebuilding process. They're not, you know, hey, let's buckle down on defense and make a run in the playoffs type team. They are a long way from that. And to hire uh, somebody who I just don't see bringing along, you know, your, your young players. I mean, I don't think he has a real track record of player development. Uh, it, it just seems like the wrong fit at the wrong time. I mean, if he went and he got, I, I'm trying to think of like a team that's just like, 
if he went to like the Nuggets, I don't know. The Nuggets are doing fine. They're not going to fire their coach. But if he went yeah. to like the Nuggets, who like, hey, look, they have a sustained playoff run. They just need a coach to help them get them over to like the hump to the next level they, uh, to improve the system a little bit. Now, that makes sense. The Knicks, it's not even close to that. And this hire seems so strange. There was a um, a survey done of, of fifty two players. So not a large survey, but nonetheless, it was a fifty two players. And they said, which coach aside from your own? Would you not want to play for? <laughs> Tom Thibodeau led with thirty-five percent of the votes. <laughs> Can you guess who was number two, Marlo? Not want to play for. Yeah, current, I'll give you any. Go ahead. Yeah, which current coach would you not want to play for? Maybe it's not current coach because Stan Van Gundy's on the list at number five. Is he a current Ooh, coach? He's, no, he's not. Who is it? Who is it? It's Jim Boylan. Ah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't even think you have a chance. Like, okay, yeah, yeah. There you go. So there you go. So I mean, in so again, this is a sample I found on. It's an athletic poll. So there you go. That might add a little bit more credit than me just saying it, right? Yeah. Um, it's an athletic poll. Uh, they hired the most un, player unfriendly, player unlikable coach in the league. Uh, to a team that has a bunch of power forwards and not a whole lot else. So good job, Knicks. Way good go, luck, Knicks. Tom Thibodeau. Uh, an absolute hilarious hire. <laughs> uh, anything else NBA-wise before we move on, Marl? No, that's good. I'm like, All right. Excited for Let's take game. a quick break to hear from our non-existent sponsors. All right. All right, we're back after that great break, Casey. <laughs> yeah. All right, so talking NBA Marlo, let's talk NFL. And the big news, I guess, of the past, I guess, week and a half, two weeks since we last recorded, I think we should talk about it, was the Washington Redskins have temporarily, at least, changed their name to the Washington football team. <laughs> and uh, I think this is where you hit the laugh track button. Um <laughs> Widely, I think, generally widely ridiculed that they made this change. I think it shows that the organization didn't really plan on ever changing their name. The fact that didn't they didn't have the fact that they didn't think they would ever have to change. Okay, this change makes me think they assumed they would never have to actually change their name, and they did so because of uh, social pressure, because of financial pressure from some of their sponsors. Uh, so they did so like with an arm behind their back and they literally had no plan <laughs> of what they were going to be called if they ever were in this position. And it shows an incredible lack of foresight and an incredible arrogance from their team. Um, and I don't know how else you can, you can see this temporary change. And I'll talk about the change in a minute, but um, the fact they didn't have anything else lined up is absolutely unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was when the when the news broke and alerts came out. I the first one I was like, is that a typo? Did they forget to like? <laughs> was it a placeholder that they forgot to like the the editor? Was it an editor's placeholder that they forgot to to put in uh, when they hit the headline out? Uh, but obviously, it wasn't the Washington Football Team. It's here. Get excited. Washington football team fans, uh, new merch, new gear, cheer yeah. on the same colors. football team. Same colors. Same colors. So, I like it, Marlon. 
I like the Washington football team. I think I don't see. So again, I, my, uh, I think a little bit of my soccer fandom is showing through in this. And we talked about this when we talked about Cleveland, when they were considering changing their name and they have a committee to it that I thought they should have been the Cleveland baseball club. And I think that sounds awesome. And why not be the Washington football team? I mean, football team a little bit weird, but again, like football club or football organization, something. I think I'm completely fine with it. I don't understand why we have to have a mascot or a, a, a team name. Like, because we have team names, that's why we have team names. Why couldn't they just be Washington football team and you just call them Washington? That seems completely fine to me. Uh, like I said, soccer clubs in England do this all of the time. You know, it's Chelsea football club. They're called the blues, but they're not like the Chelsea blues. Like mm. it's, it's not like Liverpool is their, their fans or their, uh, team is called the reds, but they're not the Liverpool reds. Um, and I know those are very simple, just color descriptions of, of the team, but like, uh, Swansea are the swans and it's like incorporating their team, but it's not their team name so i don't have it exact the cleveland analogy is better um so i'm going to use that and then try to put it into the washington one but if they were the um they were the the cleveland baseball club and then the fans the people or the team or something was just referred to as the tribe i think that could maybe i will say maybe that's offensive I, i i don't I don't know, and I apologize if it is. But if they're referred to as the tribe, um, I think that would be really neat. And then that's what the fans are called. And that's like, you know, when you say, like, you know, you talk about, like, uh, you hear college football players all the time, you know, oh, thank you to Buckeye Nation or something, you know, stupid things like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Then the the fan base and the team are kind of referred to as this you, this this collective reference so the tribe in in cleveland i don't know what washington's would necessarily be because obviously you can't do anything redskins related uh but they have you know the the, what the pig thing the hogs or something Mm -hmm. so maybe they could be like the fans are are referred to as the hogs or that's uh, i wouldn't want to be referred to as that but you know or my team but maybe there's some sort of like way in which you can kind of pivot pivot in that and i think that would be really fun and i think it's it would be interesting to have a team that isn't just you know city mascot you know why i understand that it's different and that's why it's ridiculed but i don't think it's as crazy as everybody's making it out to be and i have you seen recent football or team names that come out they're not great <laughs> they're not, not a lot of fun ones. i mean and to think of like teams now if they were like if the packers came out now i mean it would be laughed off the face of the earth if the Bears came now, I'd be like, ha, real original Bears. Yeah, there's a lot of those in Chicago. It's like, you can't win and you can't, you know, what has, I know there have been good ones, good ones recently, but like, so this Seattle's hockey team just came out and they're the Seattle Kraken. Is that great? Is that a lot of fun that there's Seattle <laughs> Kraken? You know, a lot of people out there getting their Kraken uh, gear on. I don't, I don't know. So, I guess my point is, why not just be Washington football team? Be a little bit different. Just you have had you have a a team that has a troubled history with your mascot. Lean away from mascots. Lean away from team names. That's fine. Like I I don't see why it was so ridiculed. Uh, 
I well, I think it was so ridiculous because it just showed that they were idiots and didn't have a plan. But I think the actual execution of it could be something that is I don't want to say forward looking because that gives them far too much credit. Yeah. yeah. Um, but but I think something that could be um, more common in the future. Let's say that. Yeah. Was that like just he- was that all unhinged, Marlo, or does that make sense? No, it makes sense. I mean, yeah, the typical case of you're trying to bring soccer into the mainstream of, <laughs> yeah, dude, of football. Yeah. I'm going to sneak uh, it in. I'm going to Trojan horse it through Washington yeah. football team. <laughs> um, but I think, yeah, to your point, I feel like, and I might just be making this up, but like when they have uh, those like old time videos of like football teams, and they're always, I just feel like I hear like the old man, the old old timer voice, like, and here comes the Chicago Football Club. Um, yeah, like before they had names, and we've just we've just grown so used to. Okay, if you have a team, you have a city, and you have some sort of mascot with that, right? We just yeah. you know, accustomed to it. So, like, yeah, I agree that they did not have a plan. That's why they're the Washington Football Team. But as you say it more, like it's more fortuitous. It kind of is like, well, actually, it kind of makes sense. Like <laughs> they're the Washington Football Team. Let's just go with it. It's not really that big of a deal that we're they're not the Washington fantasy stars or something. Um, but yeah, I mean, I th- it could grow on you. But now it's gonna be so. So now they have this, and then they're still working on the name, and they're just gonna change the name next year too. So they're gonna just gonna go over three years with three different names for the last three seasons. And whatever they change it to, no one's gonna. Like they're it. gonna get. They're gonna get rid of the shreds for. Yeah. nobody's gonna. Yeah. Nobody's gonna like it. Uh, I mean, by nobody, I mean like people who will talk about it and write about it and stuff. Right? Like they're all gonna, they're gonna make fun of them for it. So it's 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 a known situation, and I, I suppose it's a known situation because they've held on to uh, their name yeah. for so long. So uh, <laughs> I guess they've painted themselves in this corner. So I, I I shouldn't feel pity for them in that regard. Um, all right, actual football, Marlowe. It seems like it is moving ahead. Um, you know, they're like us putting the blinders on, moving along. Um, actually, there was a lot of kerfuffle. Um, I think it was last Sunday before, uh, because I, I had it in our, uh, I was planning on talking about it. There was a lot of noise, at least on Twitter, about uh, players union members, you know, important players. Uh, I know J.J. Watt was out there tweeting about it, about how they were frustrated and concerned with the NFL's lack of, preparation or apparent seeming lack of concern for the players union as we move towards training camp. And it seemed like that groundswell, uh, I guess if you want to call it that created some movement and now everybody's on board <laughs> and everybody's <laughs> like, we have a plan and we're moving along and they plan to start camps or practice or whatever on time, uh, which is good news. Uh, but I don't know what happened between necessarily uh, got hammered out between last Sunday and this Sunday uh, that caused that to happen. But that is the news out of the NFL camp that it's going ahead. Do you want yeah, full steam ahead? I think the only thing they had already canceled preseason games mm-hmm. needs them uh, for our purposes, anyways. But besides that, yeah, we are and we're moving forward. So it's going to be interesting. The players voted; they have spoken. Um, they're good to go. Again, I hope this one goes off without a hinge and we have a full season, uh, a full NFL season, obviously capped off by playoffs and a Super Bowl, which 
<laughs> we'll talk about that when we get there. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. If, when we get there. But, uh, no, yeah. blinders on. When we get there. When we get there. Um, Other NFL news, Marlo. uh, I guess the big news, there was a big trade. The Bears (laughs) traded away a tight end. Uh, No, that's not the big news. But they did do that for like a seventh-round conditional pick or something. I don't know. Um, uh, The Jets. Former second-rounder traded away for a conditional seventh-rounder. Very good. Very good. Um, All right. uh, Joel Adams, the disgruntled Jets linebacker, I mean, this w- last week he came out and basically said Adam Gase is not the man for the job. He's a terrible leader, which uh, I fact-checked, Marlo. It's true, but I still think you have to trade him when he says that about the coach, general manager. Um, so they did. They traded him to Seattle. Seattle is sending two first-rounders in two consecutive years. Uh, some other picks are involved, but that's the gist of the deal. Um, what is your takeaway on this? I guess you can take the Jets side or Seattle side or both. Marla, what's your takeaway on this? This, I, I think, pretty significant trade. Yeah, it's a pretty significant trade. I, it's one of those where the Jets had to do something. Um, Jamal Adams, obviously talented player, but was not. He was disgruntled. He wasn't happy, and when that happens, um. It's either going to manifest through the locker room or it's going to be a part where they were. It doesn't, it divides them, right? And, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, to their, to New York's credit, they ship them off and they got quite a bit back. You know, two first rounders, that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good get. Yeah, you lose uh, one of your premier players, but, you know, you're building towards the future. You could use whatever you use, those, you know, first round picks are very valuable in the world of the NFL. So whether yeah. you want to use them or use that to get more players, um, that could be something that they do to build in the future. And then the just the in Seattle uh, picking up that obviously they gave up a little bit, but they're in a mode of hey, we can win now. Um, mm-hmm. Let's pick this up, shore up the defense a little more, and and go for it. Yeah. Um, when you hear first round picks, I think you kind of go, "Wow, what a what a value!" Um, not that they're not, but if you're thinking of what Seattle's picks are going to be the next two to three years, they're mm-hmm. probably going to be in the twentieth range. So you can still get obviously very good players there, but it's not um, not like the first round picks that uh, you would see in, in kind of other trades, like in the Minka Fitzpatrick trade. When that happened, you were like, "Well, the." Steelers are not going to even like contend for the playoffs, and they put together quite a run, uh, basically because Minka Fitzpatrick was awesome um, <clears throat> to uh, make the pick, I guess, a little bit worse. And I guess if you think about the Khalil Mack trade, right, when the Raiders yeah. made the Khalil Mack trade, they were expecting to get, I don't want to be too harsh on your Bears, but they they essentially traded him to the Bears instead of the Packers because they thought the Bears were going to have worse picks and that didn't work out the first year, mm-hmm. uh, but did the did the second year um so you're kind of considering where those picks are going to be right when you do this and in in the Raiders case they thought they were going to be higher than they ended up being I think in in both years either way um so these are going to be like late first round picks still valuable but I don't know how great from Seattle standpoint uh it's frustrating Seattle getting better I I, (laughs) I I think they've definitely kind of realized their window and they're like look we got 
Russ for a couple more years, yeah. right? Um, we got him at the peak of his his game right now. He's still getting better. And let's optimize this next two to three year window, which as a Packer fan sucks. Uh, I think it will be really interesting to watch the NFC. I mean, the NFC West is going to be interesting anyway, but the fact that Seattle got better uh, brings them that much closer to to San Francisco. I think will be really interesting, and really fun to watch um, that that play out. Uh, not that I'm rooting for either of those two teams, but uh, it made it more interesting. I think uh, out there and kind of separated Seattle a little bit from you know however good you think. Arizona is going to be, or the Rams, if they're going to bounce back. Uh, I think Seattle kind of has separated themselves with San Francisco in that West. Um, and God, I don't know. I don't want to do more playoff games against freaking Seattle. We won the last one. <laughs> they're just, it's just not fun. It's not fun to root against Russell Wilson. Let me tell you that. Um, and we've been on the losing side more sides than not uh, with Seattle in the playoffs. And if we are, I guess, fortunate enough to meet them again, in the playoffs because that means Packers will be in the playoffs and I guess I would take that. Um, I don't like that they're getting better. So, <laughs> Any other uh, NFL-ish things, Marlon? No, that's it in the NFL front. We'll be on the lookout for training camps to start. Um, so without further ado, we're going to get to America's <laughs> favorite segment, Casey's Corner Kick. Well, uh, this might be the last one. Oh, I guess champ- Champions League is going to start back up. There's going to be there's going to be some things. It might not be as robust as I think this you, one. You just no. got some people excited, then you let them down. I let them down. <laughs> I let it, I, like, you're not going to have to hear this anymore. Uh, we put at the end for a reason. If you don't want to hear it, you can you can stop listening. But listen all the way up through this. Um, Premier League ends today. It was the end of the the operation restart. Uh, end of the 2019-2020 uh, regular season. There was a little bit of drama today, uh, not as much as you would expect. They call it Championship Sunday. All the games were played at one time, but the championship, as we discussed, Merle has already been decided. Uh, Liverpool uh, were the champion, um, so that wasn't up to be decided. What was up to be decided was some Champions League spots. So two out of three teams were going to go to the Champions League uh, between United, Chelsea, and Leicester City. Um and the game, I guess, the most consequential game of the day was United versus Leicester. So the win, if one of them won, they were in. Uh, Chelsea also needed to win to be in. But if United or Leicester won, they would be in. And United won uh, 2-0, a late goal that doesn't really count. I mean, it counts, but it doesn't count. Um, to make it 2-0. Uh, disappointing, Leicester had a 14-point lead when uh, Operation Restart started. They just... They just you know, duffed it down, down the stretch. United had a very good form down the stretch and United as frustrating as it is to see them be successful. They are in the champions league again, as Chelsea is Uh, going down is Norwich Watford and Bournemouth. Uh, They are relegated going down the championship um, next year. Uh, These seem like the teams most likely to head down. So there's not a lot of like surprise in it. Norwich got uh, relegated a couple games ago. Uh, Watford fired their manager with two games left, which seemed like them punting on the season. Although I guess you could say it was a rallying cry. Obviously the team didn't respond. They are going down and Bournemouth just doesn't have the financial resources to stay up. Although I think all these teams have a good shot of bouncing back up to the premier league next year. Although the championship is quite the grind. 
that's it for the corner kick, Marlo. Uh, just a, a kind of cap on the Premier League. I don't know if you heard this. Liverpool won the league for the first time in 30 years. Um, it's fantastic. Uh, and I enjoyed every every minute of it, except when they lost. But I was going to say last week um, <clears throat> that uh, – Watching soccer is not as much fun when your team doesn't win every game because Liverpool <laughs> has like an insane unbeaten streak. And then since Project Restart happened, they won on like the second game of, of, of the restart and they had like five more games and they just like they didn't have to win them. So like they didn't have the same edge to them. Uh, so they lost, I think, two or three and they tied another one they shouldn't have tied. And it was just like, man, this stinks when your team doesn't just win every game. Although obviously that hasn't been the case for Liverpool uh, my whole time of being a fan of them. But it has been recently. And I was reminded uh, rudely uh, that it's not always it's not always roses, but uh, it was quite the season for quite the season for Liverpool. They ended up with uh, 99 points on the season. So just missed that century mark that is so uh, lauded, but uh, one hell of a season. All right, there it is. That's it, corner kick. Guys, uh, it looks like we have a new segment coming yeah. up. After the corner kick. Wow, okay. After the corner kick, yeah, for yeah. you know, people even less interested in these things. Some throw-ins, Marlo. I called them throw-ins. Throw-in. I had soccer on my mind when I wrote this, and so throw-ins. These yep. are just little quick things we're going to talk about. They're not really related to anything. We don't want to go in depth. Just quick hitters. Here we go. Mike Tyson is back, Marlo. He's back after, uh, I want to say 13 years. I don't know. Some amount of years. He's going to be fighting the... Uh, he's 54. Jeez. I looked it up. He's 54. He's going to be fighting the 51-year-old Roy Jones Jr. How much are you spending on this pay-per-view and Why? It is. I was asked. It's a pay per view. Uh, yeah, I'm of good. Course. I'm good. I'm good. I this some of you know some of the things you get hype about the McGregor uh, uh, Mayweather. You know that was fun. This not so much. This is just old dudes getting in a ring. I can't believe it's pay per view. This is old dudes getting in a ring, and you're gonna wish that you saw a 20 year old Mike Tyson and a 22 year old Roy Jones Jr. And you're just gonna see two 50 year old men going at it. Um. Yeah, I'm good. Mar- I can ch- you I'll are. check out the highlights. Insanely negative. I don't understand this. I am <laughs> going to. Okay, I'm not going to buy this. I presume <laughs> this is going to be happening in a future world in which I can get together with people and watch it, and then they will buy it, and I will chip in. Um, I suppose if we are still under quarantine, I will not uh, actually buy it. But if I can watch it with other people, I will, and I will be disappointed. Just like every boxing match I have ever <laughs> watched live on pay-per-view. Uh, but just the the thought of watching Mike Tyson, just the I I will be there for that. It will be a spectacle, if nothing else. And I and I want and I want to see it even if the boxing sucks, but not like I'm a boxing purist or anything. All right, last thing we skipped this in the MLB Marlo Mookie Betts. Signs a 12-year, $365 million contract. Marlo, we should have been better at baseball. Yeah, definitely. This uh, definitely missed that calling. Was born a little late. And wow. Just wow. I mean, I know it's a 12-year contract. But just these numbers are getting wildly ridiculous. I think it's $65 million signing bonus. Oh, that's it? Okay. Uh, 
right in the right into the bank account, probably uh, direct deposit. I'm, I'm pretty sure that wasn't a check. Um, I would ask for cash. Yeah, I didn't even I didn't even make it out of like what what little league I, <laughs> once once they just didn't throw it fast all the time. I was like, I'm done. I can't. <laughs> once the ball moved. Like, yeah, you, you're, you're throwing it at different speeds. I don't, I don't understand how to time this. I'm out. Um, that, was, that was the end of my, my baseball, but uh, maybe I should have stuck with it, and I could have been earning $365 million over 12 years. Uh, uh-huh. Obviously, yeah. biggest, biggest, co- biggest contract uh, in uh, MLB now, uh, surpassing um, Harper, I think, at the – or did Trout pass him? Either way, I think he's the biggest one, so. Well, congrats, congrats to Mookie Betts. You st- Casey, you still have your son. All right. So just just start pushing him towards that way. And then within, uh, you know, a few years, he'll be assigned that, that big check and you can be on easy street with him. Never mind. Trout signed a $426 million contract. So Jesus. second biggest. <laughs> um. Yeah, trying. We're trying. I'm trying to push the sports model. I'm doing the best I can. We play a little soccer in the backyard today. Um, he's been hitting off a tee a little bit. Oh. Had him hitting off a tee. Um, working on the stance. The stance. He's sloppy with his stance. Yeah, it's all he stands. He stands to. He's like. He's like. Parallel with the ball. He's like standing next to it, and then he tries to. <laughs> hit it. It's like, no, you need to. <laughs> I don't know what he's, what he's trying to do there. So we're working on that. We're working on that. <laughs> all right, well, that's all I got. Those were those, those were the throw-ins at the end. Um, I don't know. I think that's a good way to try and talk about some of the stuff we go, should we talk about this? And then realize we don't really have like a, a real segment around it or a real, it doesn't fit into our normal segments. And maybe we'll do a little bit more of that. Yeah, just the throw-ins. All right, cool. Um, and yeah, it's soccer would... related, so I'm I'm introducing it into the psyche. There you go, trying to backdoor of the American sportsman. <laughs> you know the average American sports fan who listens to our podcast. <laughs> Those guys <laughs> and girls, guys and girls. <laughs> All right, Casey, that's right. going to be it. Um, you guys can find us on Twitter at one thirty two breeze. Myself at MarloJR. Casey at Prof Badger Fan. Uh, that's it, Casey, for me. Any, you got any last words? <laughs> that's it. As always, fellow fans, I hope all your favorite teams win all the sports. I realized in, um, as we were doing the NFC North thing, I was. Referring-